0: This is the Orville Christian Church podcast. Each week, you'll find content that helps you take your next step closer to Jesus. Join us online at orville.church slash live. God's word is awesome. But you know, the stop you in your tracks question when it comes to faith and being rooted in God is, where is God in the midst of suffering? I mean, if there is a loving and powerful God, as we talked about last Sunday, then why suffering? I've preached on this question and topic many times over the years because it's the question that never goes away. It leaves us searching, struggling, and oftentimes speechless. We don't like the idea of a God who is loving but allows suffering. It doesn't compute. Some would even associate suffering with the idea that if God allows it, then he must be the one who brings it. But we need to be careful. I mean, we do have to admit that we bring a good bit of suffering on ourselves, right? Wouldn't that be fair? There are some things we choose to do that bring suffering. I know I'll own that. But there's other suffering that comes from living in a broken world And not necessarily by our own personal choice. Over the course of history, beginning with Adam and Eve, people have made the choice to sin. And that has resulted in a broken world. We didn't personally get all of that started, but we still reap the consequences of it, don't we? Sometimes suffering comes, and we have no control or choice in the matter. But God is not insensitive to our suffering. He understands it. He understands whether it's self inflicted suffering or broken world suffering. See, Jesus suffered a lot. He was treated unfairly and unjustly. He didn't certainly cause it, but he chose to participate in it, and God, his Father, allowed it to happen. For example, when Jesus' friend Lazarus died, he cried because his heart suffered the loss of a dear friend. John 11:35, 35, the very first Bible verse some of us memorize as a child, right? Jesus wept. Jesus knew suffering. He wasn't exempt from it, and neither are we. But why suffering? Where is God when it hurts? We, we wanna try to tackle this today as we continue our rooted series but I want to be up front with you I'll never be able to answer this question of suffering to your satisfaction I just want you to know that because much of our suffering outside of self-inflicted or broken world suffering we don't know why sometimes we can speculate and debate all we want but we just don't know So you're not gonna get everything you want from this message, but I do wanna shed some light on this difficult subject. And in order to do that, we need to turn to scripture. See, God has some things he wants to say to us today about our suffering. So if you would turn with me in your Bible to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, really easy way to find Psalms is just go to the right in the middle of your Bible, you'll probably open it right up to Psalms, right? If not, you're close. If you do not have a copy of God's Word today, we have free copies at the Next Step area in the back of this room. And also on the chair rack in front of you, you can find one there. You can also download a digital version of the Bible by using the Uversion Bible app on your phone or tablet. Some of what I'm going to share and the direction I decided to take today comes from an excellent article I came across by Andrew Menkes, entitled, Where is God in the Midst of Suffering? He starts the article by talking about how in the 17th century, the Japanese government ruthlessly persecuted Christians. They imprisoned believers and used torture techniques such as hanging people upside down over pits filled with excrement. Some believers were crucified. The goal was to make Christians recant and give up their faith. There was a novel written by a Japanese author entitled Silence that is set in this time period. As the title suggests, the characters in the story struggle with God's silence in the face of their suffering. They cried out to God in prayer, but there was no answer, no reprieve from their pain. And this is sometimes our experience, isn't it? We call out to God but seem to get no answer. Why not? Does God sometimes leave us? How could he let awful persecution happen to his followers like the Japanese Christians endured? Where is God when we suffer and experience pain, injustice, evil, and death? Well, Psalm 22 wrestles with these questions. I want us to start reading at verse one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. With a cry of anguish, he feels forsaken by God. He's in trouble and God feels far, far away. David is literally groaning for God to rescue him, but God doesn't respond. God is silent. In the midst of his agony, David asks God, where are you? But still, no response. And even though David questions God, he hasn't lost his faith here. His relationship with God hasn't been broken, but he is confused because God seems distant. One commentator describes David's questions as, a cry of disorientation as God's familiar protective presence is withdrawn and the enemy closes in. Perhaps you have felt this way. Maybe you've cried out to God for help and heard nothing back. Sometimes it seems that our prayers are unheard or ignored. While we know that God is everywhere present at all times, sometimes our sense of his nearness The comfort of his presence just isn't there, right? And so what are we to do if we find ourselves in this situation? Well, we should do what David does. He talks to himself and reminds himself of what he believes. Verse 3, he says, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. He reminds himself and us that God is righteous and he will not do wrong to us. You know, sometimes we need to do this as well, just like David. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of what we believe, especially when God is silent. This is especially true when it comes to what we believe about God. It's why we started the Rooted series last Sunday with a message about who God is. Our belief in God, that he is eternal, creator, Powerful is the taproot of our faith that keeps us rooted in the midst of suffering. The text that was read from Romans 8 is such an important one. We need to reflect on it and be reminded of its truth that God is for us, not against us. That Jesus is at the right hand of God, even now, interceding for us. That we are more than conquerors in Christ. That nothing Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, 28, it was in the song that we sang earlier. The Bible says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What an incredible truth and promise. But too often in times of suffering, we're quick to forget God's truth and we start falling for the enemy's lies. Christian author Tim Keller talks about two tracks we often walk down when there's suffering. One is the anger track. The anger track comes when we wanna place blame or shift blame for the suffering onto somebody else or God himself. But what happens is we get all angry about it and we end up with twice the amount of suffering because not only are we suffering for whatever occurred, but we're suffering also from the anger. But then there's the guilt track. We've all suffered this one, right? Guilt says I've sinned, so it's my fault. Even if it was 10 years ago, we believe we're getting paid back We're like, I must be an awful person, otherwise my life would be better. And so anger and guilt, we either blame others or we blame ourselves. The last series we did was through the book of Titus, and the apostle Paul wrote it. Paul took the message of Jesus beyond the Jewish people to the non-Jewish world, and he experienced much suffering as a result. He was attacked whipped and imprisoned on multiple occasions. Now, was that payback for what he did to Christians? Because at one time, Paul was killing them and trying to get rid of them. Was God paying him back for that? Have have you ever thought that before? That your suffering is caused by something you did and so God is paying you back. Some of us walk around thinking that. And that's actually a question Jesus' own disciples asked. It's found in John chapter nine, verse one says, as he went along, he, Jesus, saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? This is the same kind of thing many of us have thought or asked when terrible things come. Our first thought is usually not Romans 8.28. To think that God could bring something good out of it. We usually don't go there for a long time if we ever do get there. We get stuck on the questions. Like the disciples were asking, who caused this? What did someone do that God would bring it or even allow it? Who sinned? The disciples here are questioning the ancient traditional teaching of Jewish culture that suffering was the result of some sin. But guess what? We hold to that same principle today. Who did what to make that happen? Right? But do you know what Jesus' answer was regarding who caused this and who sinned? John 9, 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned said Jesus. But this happened, why? So that the works of God might be displayed in him. You might wanna underline, circle, and highlight that statement in John 9, 3. Could this be the why of suffering? That God wants to display his work in us. You know, 10 years ago, A sweet young girl in our church, Carrie Dodes, passed away after a courageous battle with cancer. Her parents, Mark and Amy Dodes, are a dear couple here at OCC along with their son, Steven. The loss of a child is the biggest loss a parent can face. And I know every day, without fail, Mark, Amy, and Steve miss Carrie deeply and long to see her again. Yesterday they hosted a 10 years in heaven open house here at the church in Carrie's honor and some of you came to that. But what's special is how Mark, Amy, and Stephen continue to seek God's will for their lives and his good from this tremendous loss. And you know what, it made me think It made me think that perhaps our greatest witness to a watching world is the way in which we suffer. Not that it's easy, far from it. Like David, God may be silent in your suffering, but he is at work. You may not feel it or see it, but we can trust it. The fact is, we are not called to feel close to God all the time, but we are called to believe in him. David goes on to say, there in verse three of Psalm 22, he goes on to say that God is the one Israel praises. In other words, God has been praised by his people through the years because he has been faithful to them and has always sustained them. David says, in you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. See, see by reflecting on the ways God has been faithful, the way God, God has been faithful to rescue his people in the past, David finds encouragement to persevere in his faith even when he feels like God has left him. He knows, though he may not feel it all the time, that God's silence does not mean God is absent. Though he cannot see how God will rescue him, David knows that he is not rejected by God. You see, even when God is silent, we know that he's not rejecting us. And we know that he's not rejecting us because Jesus was already rejected for us. Because of our sin and because of our rebellion against God, we don't deserve his presence and love. What do we deserve? We deserve his wrath and judgment. See, the truth of the matter is, all of us receive much less suffering than we actually deserve. If we got what we deserved, we'd be be in hell right now. But the good news is, if we are in Christ, there is no condemnation. God's already punished our sins in Jesus. Christ took the wrath and punishment we deserved in our place. It's interesting, as Jesus hung on the cross, he cried out using the words of Psalm 22. And he used the words of Psalm 22 to describe what he was experiencing in that moment. What did he say? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And unlike David, who found comfort and rest in God's faithfulness, Jesus was truly rejected by God. On the cross, Jesus experienced the fullness of the judgment of God against sin. And as he turned to his Father, where where he once found perfect love, Jesus found wrath instead. And because Jesus bore the wrath of the Father, we will never have to if we believe if we put our faith and trust in him. You see, God may discipline you as a father disciplines a child. God may be silent at times and our sense of his nearness may wane, but he will never ever leave you or forsake you. In fact, God wants to be a part of your suffering because he wants you to be rooted in him. And let's just be honest. If we're gonna suffer well, if we're gonna persevere through it, we need God's help, don't we? See, the good news is God has given us a helper. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. For those who have accepted Jesus, God has given you the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. And his primary goal is to make you holy. In fact, suffering is one of the ways we mature as Christians. But some suffering is so great, so difficult, so hard to deal with, that only the Holy Spirit can get us through it. Only the Holy Spirit can use it for our good and for God's glory. The Holy Spirit is God's presence in us, which means there is never a time when God is not with us. Isn't that amazing? I heard a simple and powerful prayer this week that I wanna encourage you to pray. Here's the prayer. Father, my best place on earth is in your presence. Father, my best place on earth is in your presence. That doesn't mean when I come to the OCC building that somehow we're finally in God's presence here. No, I I carry God within my heart because he dwells there. He's with me, especially in suffering. Whether you're a believer or unbeliever, you will suffer and probably already have. I would say some of the worst suffering that takes place, and, and many of us have experienced this during COVID, some of the worst suffering is within our own minds and hearts. Sometimes, what happens on an emotional and spiritual level is so unbearable that when we're at home by ourselves and we just cry aloud because nobody is there and we can just let our emotions out. Many of you know what I'm talking about. You're not alone in that. But when there's suffering, Jesus gives us a different perspective, He gives us hope. Because he understands. And so it's true for me and it can be true for you. Father, my best place on earth is in your presence. If you believe that, I'd like you to say that with me, that prayer. And if you want to believe it, you can also say it. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Father, my best place on earth is in your presence. Especially if you're suffering. To have God with us. God is not absent. What I I wanna do before we sing a song and go into communion is I I wanna pray for you. Before I do, I I want you to pray silently for the person next to you. And that includes those of you that are joining us online. Chances are the person next to you is suffering in some way. And so I, I want you to ask God to give them faith and strength to be rooted in him. If you are struggling today, I wanna encourage you to reach out to a friend for support this week. We also have people at the Next Step area in the back of this room, or if you're watching online, leave us a comment or private message. We would love to connect with you and pray for you. We also have two ministries here at OCC that have just started in the last year or so. One is called Grief Share. For those of you that have suffered the loss of a loved one, we have a grief-shared group that's meeting right now, and God is doing some amazing stuff in that group. We also have another group that just started a few weeks ago called Divorce Care. Maybe some of you have gone through a divorce, and we, w- we wanna help, and God wants to help you get through this suffering. But what we're going to do for each other right now is we're going to pray. In the middle of your suffering, we're going to ask God to come and raise you up by his spirit and and give you something that you can't get on your own. That way you can take your next step forward toward Jesus. And so let's pray silently. Pray silently for the person next to you and then I'll say a prayer. Let's ask God to come and move now. Father, I know there are people here in this room and watching right now who like David are are saying and thinking, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They're crying out to you day and night, but it just seems like you're not there, you're not answering, you're silent. God, I pray today that we can be grounded in who you are. That we can put our hope in you and the things that you've done. God, we thank thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives in us. And Father, for Maybe someone here today who just wants to draw closer to you or maybe accept what Jesus has done for them for the first time. God, I pray that they would take that step. That they would find that peace and that hope in you. But God, I just pray by your spirit that you would raise up those this morning that are, that are feeling down. God, I think of a, just a dear... Gentlemen in our church, Dave Mauer, I pray for he and his wife, Dot, Father, that you would raise them up this morning. Help them to trust in you that you're there. That even though you might be silent, you're not absent. God, I pray for another guy in our church, Roger Cheek, for his wife, Kathy, this morning. God, I pray that you'd raise them up. Help them to trust in you, that even though you might be silent, you're not absent. And God, there are so many others that we could lift up and pray for today. God, I pray as we continue our worship now that we would just lean into you more than ever. God, you are our hope. In Jesus' name, amen.